years ago, I was trying to figure out if it was uh, somewhere between 25 and 30 years ago, he could probably give you the exact uh, time frame there. But I began to get a publication in the mail that Harold was uh, putting out on revival. And it uh, spoke to my heart. And as I read through those, this was before the age of the Internet, uh, I began to identify with what this man was writing along the lines that uh, this, is, this is what I believe and this is the kind of things that I want to happen in my heart and in our church. So I contacted him and we had him in our church for a meeting. We had a tremendous meeting and then other meetings through the years. and We became great friends. Brother Harold uh, has a knack for, for calling me at, at uh, important times of my life. Uh, we uh, hardly ever have a five-minute conversation. They're usually 50-minute conversations. But he and Debbie are, are great friends and have known them for, for decades now. They travel uh, all across the country and sometimes to foreign countries ministering to, to people with a message of revival they have a publications ministry. There's books out in the foyer. I would encourage you to avail yourself to look at that. Harold uh, has a, a burden for revival and uh, also spiritual revitalization, probably another name for the same thing. And his messages uh, relate to that. And then also with uh, the Christian life, uh, making progress in your Christian life in a practical way. And then uh, his books uh, related to that. You can go back to the books that he, he had written and published that reflected those themes. And then he had always spoken on the family. And if the sermon uh, didn't deal solely, the, solely with the family, there would be some comments in there that related to the family. And then in recent years more and more of his books are weighted more towards the family uh, in a revivalistic emphasis, but almost solely with family issues. I suppose the last uh, several um, publications have dealt solely with that. Like last night he was telling me the next one I think coming out deals with that. So here he is for this, this meeting that we've never had here in our church uh, on family improvement. And uh, I hope you have a, an open heart. Let me encourage you to write some things down. Uh, Harold is a very quotable preacher. Uh, I opened my Bible there on the flyleaf and just counted some of the, the quotations I have from 18 to 19 years ago of just little one-liners that he's given. Boy, he gave some good ones in the previous service. I don't want to take up uh, any more of his time. Uh, let's give him a welcome, Brother Harold Long. Okay. Thanks, brother. Appreciate that. Well, Pastor Dick, uh, Pastor Rick told us that uh, we predate the internet. I never thought about that, but uh, predate the internet. Wow. Great to be here with you this morning. We're here for a home improvement conference. How many, how many like that television program, Home Improvement? Anybody like that program? <laughs> how many need some home improvement around your place? I drove with my wife, and she drove for two hours yesterday from Florida. We need home improvement, okay, uh, coming through Gunnersville. I'll say no more. But anyhow, what a blessing to be here. 
Uh, we're encouraged to be here with you today. Looking forward to this time. Now you have a little uh, pamphlet. Does any family or individual not have a handout? Lift your hand up if you don't have one. Everybody needs one of these right here in the back. Our sister, here's a few right here. You can help us. Hold your hands up way high. Everybody needs one of these now. Come When you come to your service, bring your Bible and bring your little booklet right here, the Home Improvement Booklet. We've got goodies in there, and we also have some of the uh, outlines for these uh, messages. So if you're an individual, you're a family, all right? But uh, every family at least needs one copy of this. Now we're going to hone in here on uh, page, page four. So we're going to start here that um, happy homes, one of the keys to building a happy home is to, be, is to practice intentional gratitude, intentional gratitude. I saw this the other day. It's going to be a bad day. You know it's going to be a bad day when the bird singing outside your bedroom window is a buzzard. You know it's going to be a bad day. You know it's going to be a bad day when your boss says, don't bother taking off your coat. You know it's going to be a bad day. Uh, you know it's going to be a bad day when you accidentally get stuck behind uh, a group of hell's angels on the freeway. You know it and your horn gets stuck. You know it's going to be a bad day. You know it's going to be a bad day when uh, you call your answering service and they say, it's none of your business. It's going to be a bad day. And you know it's going to be a bad day when you call suicide prevention hotline and they put you on hold. You know it's going to be a bad day. So we're going to talk about having more good days around your home. More good days around your home. Take your spouse's hand. Take your spouse's hand right now. Look him in the eye and say, oh, we're going to have good days around our house. Go ahead and say that right there. We're going to have more good days around our house. All right. Now, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. Stand to your feet. I think we have a slide for this. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20. Stand to your feet. Let's read this out loud together. Could we advance that? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20. I'll read it to you. All right. Listen to this. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this. Giving thanks always and for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Giving thanks means to express gratitude. Expressing gratitude at all times to God in the name of the Lord Jesus. So there we have it. Let's read it out loud as a congregation, shall we? Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Intentional gratitude. Father, give something to every heart and every home. May our lives be blessed because of sitting under your word this day and this week. We expect in Christ's name. All God's people say it. You can be seated. Now, gratitude has been called the language of heaven. The language of heaven. And if gratitude is the language of heaven, it should be our language on earth. Attitude is a little thing that goes a long way. It's a little thing that goes a long way, and a grateful attitude is essential for developing a happy home. Uh, ungrateful people are never happy. Look at the feminist. I mean, ungrateful happy, uh, people are never happy. Look at the complainers. Look at the haters. Ungrateful people are never happy. But listen to this. Uh, a grateful attitude is essential in developing a happy home. 
Now your vertical relationship with God has tremendous implications on your horizontal relationships within your family. Thanksgiving's always in season. Thanksgiving is always in season. You can take things for granted or you can take things with gratitude, but you can't take them both ways. So the choice is ours. And I want to talk to you about a practicing intentional gratitude and developing a grateful attitude. Now, point number one says giving thanks always. In other words, giving thanks at all times. The psalmist said, I will, I will bless the Lord at all times. So habitual gratitude is a key to a happy home. Chronic thanksgiving beats chronic complaining. Say amen right there. Chronic thanksgiving beats chronic complaining. Now, every day is a special occasion. A man had bought his fiancée a special gift, and he was saving it for a special occasion. But his fiancée died before he ever gave it to her. And uh, uh, this man said this. He said, don't save anything for a special occasion. Every day you wake up is a special occasion. So we ought to celebrate the moment. We ought to live in the moment. This is the day the Lord hath made. I will be glad and rejoice in it. The Bible says in Colossians, whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Grateful people are easier to live with. Grateful people are easier to live with. Griping people are difficult to live with. Ungrateful people are never on speaking terms with happiness. But the soul that gives thanks can find comfort in everything. Uh, but the soul that complains can find comfort in nothing. You know, Paul, he prayed, he practiced habitual thanksgiving. The Apostle Paul, in his letters, he was always thanking God for the saints. Look at what he said in uh, 1 Corinthians. He said, I thank my God always on your behalf. He said, I thank God always, a grateful attitude. Philippians chapter 1, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Every time I think about you, I'm thanking God. Romans chapter 1, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. So if Paul was thanking God for his spiritual family, shouldn't we thank God for our immediate family? April and Zach just walked in with that baby I've been seeing on Facebook. I hold her first after service. All right, it's on, it's on me. I, I got it after service. I keep this cute baby. But uh, anyhow, uh, uh, we should thank God for our immediate family. Now, my father had died, and uh, I was grieving like crazy. He was 91 years old. And I, and death, I just don't like death. And I know that you all are grieving over the Burdettes. And, 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 yeah, it, it, it was awful. And a buddy of mine, it was Don Curry, and he said, well, he said, uh, my dad died at 63. You ought to thank God you had him for 91 years. And boy, that put a whole new spin on it for me. That's exactly right. That's what I ought to be doing instead of moping around here. I ought to be thanking God for what we did have. Now, practice intentional gratitude toward the people you live with. Amen? <laughs> it's possible to treat strangers better than the people that you occupy the same house. It's possible to be kinder to people you don't even know than the people you know the best. Now, uh, when, when you're in the habit of thanking God, it makes it easier to thank other humans. 
I think people are in the habit of vertical gratitude are pretty good on the horizontal gratitude. So in the back of your book right there, now flip over to the back of your book, page 13, page 13, flip over there, page chapter 13. What does it say at the top? What is that top three? What does it say? Top 50 list. Top 50 list. I probably told you this. My wife and I were in a church and uh, the pastor said, I want you to go home and, and compile your top 100 list. And then he said, I want you to write down the top 100 things you're thankful to God about. So I thought, that's a good idea. So my wife and I got in the car. Uh, 12 minutes later, we had 117 things. 117 things. As we were going down the highway, she was writing them down. Came back to church the next night. The pastor said, how many compiled your top 100 list? And you know what some of the people said? Pastor, we couldn't think of 100 things. And I knew right off the bat they're not in the custom of giving God thanks. Because if, if you're into habitual, intentional, continual gratitude, you can read off 100 things pretty good. So we're making it easy on your 50, top 50 list. Now, huddle up as your family. If you're not with your family right now, if your kids are not with your family and your family's here, I want you to huddle up right now, get together as a family. We're going to have a little exercise here. A little different here this morning. Amen. Alabamans like different stuff. So if you're not with your family and they are here, get out of your seat and go move to them right there. And I want you to put out at least 10 things on your top 50 list. Compare notes and you and your wife, you and your children. And if you're, you're here as a single, then you could huddle up with somebody, some other single, 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 single <laughs> if you would. Now write down at least 10 things. Uh, start your top 50 list. Write down at least 10 things. Okay. My microphone's on, so you do the talking. Go ahead and write some things down there. Go, go ahead. Just do initials. All right, top 50 list, put out at least 10 things, compare notes, everybody contribute one thing, one thing that you're grateful to God about.
Or not, we're not going to do 50. We got 15 on our, sorry. Come up with at least 10. That's easy. Anybody can do that. You know, if you want to feel rich, you ought to count all the things you possess that money can't buy. I'll tell you what, we are a blessed people. We're overtaken with blessings. I like that song called The Goodness of God. Have you heard that one? <laughs> and how that, uh, uh, he's running after, the goodness of God is running after us. And I'm telling you, he's running after us. So giving thanks always. So top 50 list. Now, before you, before the sun sets tonight, uh, I want you to, as a family, uh, compile these things. You know why we do this in service? Because if we tell you to do it and you don't do it, start doing it now, you're not ever going to do it. Amen. So we're, we're going to practice what we're talking about here this week. But for, before the sun sets uh, this afternoon, uh, complete that top 50 list. So number one, giving thanks always. Point number two, giving thanks for all things is what the text says. Giving thanks for all things. Now, you don't thank God because everything is good. You thank God because he's good. Not everything is good. But it says giving thanks for, for all things. Helen Keller was deaf and blind. Can you imagine deaf and, what did I say? Helen Keller. Yes, sir, brother. Back me up. All right. Helen Keller was deaf and blind. Now, here's what she said. I thank God for my handicaps, for through them I have found myself, my work, and my God. Deaf and blind. Job lost his homes, his health, and his herds. And here's what he said. The Lord has given, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'd like to meet this guy. <laughs> I will. Jesus took the cup representing his own blood which was going to be shed and gave thanks. He took the bread which represented his body which was going to be broken and he gave thanks. If the Son of God could thank the Father for his own imminent death, then surely, surely, we can find 50 things to thank God for. We can find scores of things. Now, again, you don't give thanks because everything is good. Uh, you give thanks because God is good. Now, don't get so busy adding up your troubles that you forget to count your blessings. You've you got to learn this. It, it, it just put a whole new spin on it. If you'll enter into his gates every day with thanksgiving. Somebody said the role of the tides takes the roughness from the stones and makes them smooth. The roughness of the tides takes the roughness from the stones and makes them smooth. The school of suffering, somebody said, graduates rare scholars. The school of suffering graduates rare scholars. I get around people who've been through it, but they're the sweetest people on the planet. I love to be around these people who have every reason to be bitter, every reason to be angry, but boy, they're just the opposite. Man, they're just kind and sweet like Jesus. The Bible says giving thanks for all things. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, in everything give thanks because this is the will of God. Now, prayer is preoccupation with my needs. Most Christians cannot relate to God on any other basis other than asking, which is tragic. Uh, most Christians cannot relate to God on any other basis other than asking. I, I just want to say this, that 50% of prayer is listening. We think that prayer is all about talking, speaking, asking. Well, Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock and if any man hear my voice and open the door, I'll come in to him. And what are we going to do? I'm going to have dinner with him. He's going to have dinner with me. What do you do when you have dinner with people? You converse. You communicate, you talk to one another. 
And in prayer, when you open your heart's door, he comes into you. You talk to him, but he talks to you. Don't diminish this concept of listening. I believe that's the, the great forgotten part of prayer. So prayer is preoccupation with my needs, uh, but thanksgiving is preoccupation with my blessings. You need to get preoccupied with your blessings. You all had some losses, but we all had more gains. Amen. That made a good song, didn't it? I like to hear that, all right? Uh, now, now, the gratitude is a bridge over which future blessings will be brought into your life. Gratitude is the bridge over which future blessings will be brought into your life. Now, when you're upset with what you don't have, you waste what you do have. When you're upset with what you don't have, you waste what you do have. And if you can't be thankful for what you receive, at least be thankful for what you escape. <laughs> and I want to encourage you here this morning. You might have done bad, but you ought to thank God you didn't do worse. You might have messed up, but you could have messed up a whole lot worse, I'm just telling you. So we ought to thank God not only for the forgiving us the sins we committed, we ought to thank God for the ones we didn't commit, amen? He headed us off at the pass before we got around to it, and it's the mercies of God. I'm giving thanks always, giving thanks at all times. Now, listen to this. When you find tares in your life, tares, T-A-R-E-S, weeds in your life, be sure to thank God that the tares didn't strangle all the wheat. Now listen to this. Focusing on your failure will only tend to despair. I meet people all the time. And, and by the way, how many of you here have the, have, the, have the capacity to depress yourself without anybody else getting involved? You can do it all by yourself. How many, how many are like that? And you're prone to despair, you know, over, and you're grieving over. But listen, gratitude chokes the weeds while strengthening the wheat. And what we want is a harvest of grain, not a crop of tares. So focus on your blessings instead of your blunders. Does anybody here ever have stuff come and roll it back into your mind of some of the stupid things you did? Do you ever have that happen? I was talking to Sammy Fry one day, Bruce's brother. I said, hey, brother, do you ever have these kind of things pop into your mind? And old Sammy, he's so pure-minded. He said, no, brother, I can't help you with that. So I... I I just need to find another psycho who can identify with what I'm talking about. But, but there's stuff that comes into my mind of things I said, stupid stuff, <laughs> and things I've done. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I can't believe it. But don't focus on your blunders. Focus on your blessings. Now, hang on for this. You need to confess your sin one time to God. Don't ever confess the same identical sin twice. Because if you do, you're telling God that you didn't believe he forgave you in the first place. When he said if you're confessing, he forgives you. Confess your sin one time. One time. We're not Catholics. One time. And then move immediately into the gratitude protocol. Immediately launch out into thanking God. And never mind how you feel. Now, <laughs> you know, if you're going to walk with God, you're going to have to get past your emotions. Amen? You're going to have to get past how you feel. How you feel is irrelevant. How you feel doesn't make any difference. And the fact of the matter is, if you don't feel grateful, start thanking God. Now, I'll give you a tip. Sometimes when you can't pray, does anybody ever get to where you just, you just you got nothing to say? You just flat as a pancake, and you just, 
feeling bad and all this kind of stuff, I'll give you a little tip. I live out in the country. There's, there's advantages to living in the country. You can do stuff when you live in the country you can't do in the city. Anybody know what I'm talking about on that point right there? And one of them is this. One of them is this. When you can't pray, you can thank God. Uh, we live we out in the country. We got a, a road going down to our office building. And I get out there sometimes and here's what I do. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel grateful. I don't feel nothing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I, out loud. By the way, you ought to learn to pray out loud. Thank you, Jesus. Now, you keep that up for 5 or 10 or 15 minutes. Brother, you'd want to go to an exciting church after, after 15 minutes of that kind of treatment right there. I'm just telling you. And, and, and if, you don't feel, if you don't feel thankful, thank God until you do start feeling thankful because your words will affect your emotions. I'm just telling you, your, your, your thoughts, your thoughts uh, affect what, how you feel. And if you think right and speak right, and, and if you learn to practice thanking God, and, and you can't go too far with thanksgiving. Now, here's the thing. Instead of acting surprised about your failures... <laughs> Instead of being shocked, and if you've been around as long as I have, you're not shocked at anything your old heart might, might suggest to your mind. So, so instead of being shocked over your failures, I'll tell you what you need is a quick recovery. <laughs> Proverbs 28, 13. He that covereth his sins is not going to prosper. He that hides, conceals uh, his sins, he's not going to prosper. But whoever confesses and forsakes will have mercy. Let me tell you how to get a quick recovery. Admit it, quit it, forget it. Say that out loud. Admit it, quit it, forget it. Say it again. Admit it, quit it, forget it. He that covers his sins, he's not prospering, but whoever conf confesses, admit it, and forsakes, quit it, shall have mercy, forget it. And I'm just here to tell you, it's not the will of God for us to wallow around in a pool of guilt and quit reading those introspective Presbyterian books that put you in the pit. Uh, we got a tremendous theology of depravity, but brother, what the Baptists need is a theology of victory. I'm just here to tell you that we, well, our old heart is so wicked and we're already depraved. And we're so, get out of that stuff, brother. The New Testament tells me I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I'm justified. I'm sanctified. I'm the righteousness of God. You might not know it, but you're looking at the righteousness of God right here. You say, what? what? What kind of boasting is that? No, that's what the Word of God says. Am I right or wrong right here? His righteousness has been transferred to me. And you need to make a difference, a differentiation between your old heart and the new creature in Christ Jesus. You have the divine nature. You're a child of God. I say it again. Get out of these introspective, moping around, navel-gazing guys that put you in depression. You're already depressed. You don't need that. Brother, read some of my books and get a little victory. Amen. Right there. I'll help you right there. No extra charge for that. All right. Now... What about it? <laughs> God's giving and forgiving deserves our thanksgiving. You believe that? I said God's giving and forgiving deserves our thanksgiving. So if you're vertical and ventilating, <laughs> I said if you're vertical and ventilating, stop moaning, stop whining, stop moping. Be thankful you're alive. If, if you're horizontal and still breathing, Thank God anyway. I know I told you about my friend Ida Brinkman. I was preaching up in Kirtland, Ohio. 
I got up to preach, and, and here she is laying on a hospital bed and got a breathing tube coming out the side of her throat. And she just laid there, but she looked like an angel. Her countenance was radiant. Wow. I mean, she looked, she looked heavenly. Well, if you ever stand up in front of the churches, you know, sometimes it's hard to find friendly faces. So I just looked at hers the whole time because she just exuded peace and joy. And wow. So after service, I went over and I introduced myself and found out her name was Ida Brinkman. And I said, Ida, what's up? <laughs> Here in the hospital bed. She said, 49 years earlier, I contracted polio. She said, I've been paralyzed, paraplegic. 49 years. Really? Her husband was not saved. He took care of her, and he died two years prior, so they had to stick her in a nursing home. But here she is. Our children won't have anything to do with her. She can't even breathe without this tube. She told me one day they took her to the hospital, and they stepped on the tube and about killed her. And, uh, and she was just a delight. And I said, now, Ida, I said, Ida, man, whew got all kinds of problems. I said, how do you seem to have such a good attitude? And Ida said, Harold, I try not to look at my circumstances. She said, I try to look to Jesus. Wow. So she became my hero. I have her picture. She became my hero. And uh, I, I, have, I still have her picture. You know, if y'all want to make heroes out of the National Federation of Lunatics, y'all go ahead and do that. I'm going with Ida. I'm just I'm going with Ida. I don't care nothing about the red tide neither, whatever that thing is. I'm just going with Ida. That's all I'm telling you, is that she is my hero. Why? Because 50 years of, of tragedy, 50 years of heartache, 50 years of nothing going right. But boy, she's, man, she's just, she's just, she's just a gem. So, so here's the thing. Uh, instead of complaining about what you've lost, be thankful for what you got left. Amen. Some of y'all have missing body parts. Thank God for the ones you still got left. And if some of them work, thank God for that. And if they're hurting, that means they're still working. So go ahead and thank God uh, for whatever you got left. Now, inventory the items for appreciation. Now, here's what, here's what we're going to do right here. We're going to practice this. <laughs> so listen up. <laughs> Number one, I want you to tell your spouse one thing you appreciate about them. One thing. Then I want you to tell, tell your children one thing you appreciate about them. Then, number, number next, children, one thing, tell your parents one thing you appreciate about them. Think of the things you appreciate about your family. Now, husbands, express appreciation to your wife. They say thank you every now and then when she doesn't. My wife cooked me breakfast last night in the hotel, uh, and she, she did it this morning. No, it was this morning because the hotel food stinks. Amen? And I said to my wife, Thank you. So, so express appreciation. Wives, show gratitude to your husband. Thank, thank him for fixing stuff around the house. And if he can't fix nothing, thank him he doesn't break any more than he does. All right? Just, just tell him one thing. Children, say thank you to your parents often. And, and thank them for one thing that you're thankful for. And parents, express appreciation to your children verbally and tell them one thing you appreciate about them, all right? Okay, husbands to wives, one thing you appreciate. Uh, wives to husbands, parents to children, children to parents, all right? Let's practice uh, giving thanks in all things. So just huddle up as a family and have a little thank you session to one another right now for just a few moments.
The couples in the back are starting to make out, so we need to move on. <laughs> later, later. <laughs> all right, giving thanks for all things, giving thanks uh, in all things. Now, what about this one? Giving thanks in advance. Giving thanks in advance. You know, a lot of people have an advance directive, a medical advance directive, which means no extraordinary measures, no feeding tubes, all this, don't resuscitate, all that kind of stuff. Well, in the Christian life, we need some advance directives. <laughs> some advance directives. I want to give you a few. Number one, purpose to live in faith instead of doubt. Purpose to live in faith instead of doubt. Determined to live in expectancy, not complacency. Determined to live in expectancy, not complacency. Next, decide to pray with anticipation and not anxiety. Determined to pray with appreciation, anticipation, not anxiety. And then live in hope, not in despair. Whew. I know plenty of stuff's going wrong. But praise God, we're still here. Old Charlie Brown, you know, the pessimist, the eternal pessimist, he was talking to Snoopy one day, and he said to Snoopy, he said, old Charlie Brown said, you know, Snoopy, one day we're all going to die. One day we're all going to die. And uh, old uh, Snoopy said, yeah, but all the other days we're going to live. So get busy living or get busy dying, Amen. I'm, I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, I live every day you're alive. Now, if you want to mope around, I was talking to a missionary on the phone yesterday, telling me all the sob stories about how all the churches are doing him wrong, as if he's the only dude on the planet that ever had. And I've, I'm, I'm an expert in moping, okay? But I have a PhD in repentance. Because I've had to repent so much, I've become an expert. And, and, uh, and we ought all to become an expert in something, especially in repentance. So thanking God is the first step of faith. Now, praying in faith will transform your prayer life. Praying in faith. Don't ever pray these kind of prayers. Lord, we know that you can do everything. That's not a prayer of faith. That's, a, that's just a statement of fact. So quit praying the way you were taught. <laughs> Quit praying to what you've heard your whole life. Start praying with anticipation. Start praying with expectancy. If you ask God for something, believe him for it. Learn to pray, pray with exclamation points instead of question marks. Now, buddy, if it's not a faith, it's sin. So we better be praying in faith. And faith means to expect God. So thanking God in advance. You don't have to wait for an answer to manifest itself before you start thanking God. Where do we ever get off on that idea? So, so just, just learn, and you've got to condition yourself this way. You, know, you melancholy pessimist, uh, we, we need to work at this, but we can work at this, and I'm just telling you what you say. Now, let me tell you something. 
The, what you believe right now about God is a result of what you've heard repeated over and over. And if you'd heard something else repeated over and over, that's exactly what you would believe. So if, if you're waiting around for somebody to tell you the right stuff, you ain't never going to get sorted out. You better start telling yourself the right stuff. You better stop quit listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. And you, if you tell yourself the, self the right stuff long enough, you'll believe. And if you start thanking God and praying in, in faith and expectation, I'm just telling you, uh, it will put a whole new uh, uh, spin on things. So you, that's praying through. Now, what, 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 what family needs do you have? Every family we know has needs. What financial needs? Emotional needs, relational needs, physical needs, spiritual needs, uh, victory, restoration, couch, couch every request with thanksgiving. Now, listen to this. Believing you actually possess what you ask for in prayer. Believing you actually possess what you ask for in prayer is not presumption. The Bible calls it faith. So if you need a new job... Ask God for it, and then begin to thank God uh, for it uh, right off the bat. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives all men liberty and upbraideth not. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. He that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven by the wind and tossed. Don't let that guy think he's going to receive anything of the Lord. Now listen, uh, the prayer of faith, it's the prayer of faith, not the prayer of doubt that heals people. It's the prayer of faith, not the prayer of statistics, uh, not the pr prayer of, uh, of, of, of uh, circumstance. It's the prayer of faith, and, and, and that's what the Bible says. So the prayer of faith. You know God's greatest pleasure is to be believed? God's greatest pleasure is to be believed. God's greatest grief is to be doubted. You know what faith is? Faith is confidence in God. Daniel, that's what it is. Faith is confidence in God. You know what unbelief is? Confidence in anything other than God. <laughs> so God's greatest pleasure is to be believed. Ask in faith. Thank God for the answer in advance. I'm sure I told you this story that when I got sick, I, I called my buddy Ralph Satura. I said, hey, Ralph, how are you supposed to pray for sick people? Because all I know is the Baptists unbelief prayer that's all i know is the unbelief you know when you call for the elders of the church in a conservative church everybody's cautious nervous they have to upgrade their medications because we're going to pray the prayer of faith that's like the church down the road that has the funny name everybody's tense so you call call in a few people and the pastor, typically, typically not always, but typically, he gets up and puts on his ministerial tone of voice. Very sober, very serious. Well, brethren, we all know there's nothing miraculous about the oil. Well, brethren, we all know there's nothing medicinal about the oil. In fact, it's Crisco. And then, then he says, and then what he'll do, typically, 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 the more conservative, the more unbelieving they are. <laughs> I'd never have understood this. I spoke at Bob Jones University. You know what the guy, the president, told me? he says, uh, Harold, in an academic setting, uh, when people start talking about faith, everybody gets nervous. God help us. If you get nervous talking about faith, 
The problem, <laughs> the problem, you got a problem. Anybody with me on this right here? Just, just anybody with me on this right here? You don't know where I'm going right here. I, I, I'm not going to be on the Benny Hinn program, so calm down. It's going to be all right. Okay, just calm down. And then the pastor will spend 15 minutes stripping the faith out of the two or three people that's believing anything. I'm just telling you. And, and when you get out to the prayer, to a time to pray, it's a consignment. And the dude is being prayed over is further in the pit than he was when they started. And he's ready to go down to the funeral home and start making arrangements because it's a, it's a death. Does anybody know what I'm talking about right here? So I call him my friend, Ralph Satir. I said, Ralph, how are you supposed to pray for sick people? He said, Harold, when you pray for sick people, he said, you always pray in faith believing. He said, Harold, when you pray for sick people, you always pray in faith believing. And that way, if God chooses not to heal, at least it wasn't your unbelief that missed the miracle. Now, I don't know about you, but I can live with this. You say, well, God doesn't heal everybody. He heals somebody's. And ultimate healing is uh, not so bad either sometimes. Okay? But, but all I'm telling you is this. Pray, I, I talk about pray in faith. Ask in faith. Thank God for the uh, answer in advance. Matthew Henry said, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is good, but thanksgiving is better. Thanksgiving is good, but thanksgiving is better. Because thanksgiving can be heard, but thanksgiving can be seen. Thanking God in advance. What do you need here this morning that you don't have? Well, let's uh, start thanking God in advance. Thanking God always. Thanking God for all things. So here, let's do this. Let's uh, close out before pastor comes in a moment. And let's have a Thanksgiving time as families or as individuals huddled up together. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to spend a couple of minutes thanking God for your blessings. Thanking God for your blessings. Number two, I want you to spend a little time thanking God for your challenges. Thank God for your challenges. Number three, thank God in advance for his answers and provisions. All right? So huddle up as a family. Y'all just uh, spend a little season right here of thanking God for your blessings, for your challenges, and then thanking God in advance for whatever it is you happen to need. Pastor will come in a few moments, but let's, uh, let's, let's practice gratitude here this morning, intentional gratitude.